The Lord is always at work in our lives, teaching, purging, guiding, and strengthening. In the little book of Haggai, we learn great truth about His work in us and how we are to work with Him. Welcome to God's Construction Zone. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we study together. God's work is never a surface work. It's always deep. In other words, He goes way down deep inside where nobody goes but God. He looks on the heart while man looks on the outward appearance. That's why the Lord's strongest condemnation during His earthly ministry was against the Pharisees. Why? Because they were only concerned about the outside. They wanted the appearance without the substance. We're studying the little Old Testament book of Haggai and we've learned that the great message really through both chapters of this little minor prophet is the message, consider your ways, consider your ways, consider your ways. In fact, five times we're told to consider. Now we've looked already in Haggai chapter 1 at the fact we're to consider how often we listen to others' voices and not to God's Word. We learned in Haggai chapter 1 that we should consider how much we live for our comfort instead of His glory. But let me give you another thing that we must consider today because this gets down where we all live. And this one is found in the second chapter. Now this is found in one of his later sermons, but it's a continued emphasis on the same theme. In Haggai chapter 2, beginning in verse number 10, the Bible says, In the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, No. Then said Haggai, If one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. Well, what's he talking about? He's basically saying this, We need to consider how diligently we labor in outward religion instead of inner holiness. That we, we know all the right things to do on the outside to make everything look clean and look decent and look God-fearing and respectable to others. But beneath the surface, we're dirty, we're unclean, we're unholy. You'll notice that he begins by addressing those who are supposedly the closest to God, the priest. I'll remind you, if you're a Christian, God has made you a priest unto God. We're a nation of believer priests, we learn in the New Testament. So God's speaking to you. You say you know the Lord. You say God lives inside of you. You say you're going to heaven. Then you ought to be closest to God. He's speaking to those who should know the most about true holiness. And yet, the stark reality is, most of the time, people who profess to be Christians seem to exhibit so little of the holiness of Jesus Christ. What does God want? Well, first, God wants us to see ourselves as we truly are. He uses two object lessons here in Haggai chapter 2 and verse 12. And basically the point of the object lessons are this, that you don't get holy by touching holy things and you don't get clean by simply touching clean things. That's the point. In other words, it's not about the externals. Just because I sit in church doesn't make me a Christian. If I sit in a garage, it doesn't make me a car. It doesn't change my nature. Uh, the change must come from the inside out. Just because I dress up, carry a Bible, and even know the hymns at church 
doesn't mean I'm right with God. It may just mean I've learned to put on a very good show. I say again, you don't get holy by touching holy things and you don't get clean by touching clean things. Holiness is not contagious, but unholiness is. Oh yes, sin spreads that way. You begin touching unclean, unholy things and living around that, pretty soon it begins to rub off on you. The only one who can make us holy is the Lord Himself. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says we are to be made partakers of His holiness. If there's any holiness in me, if there's any holiness in you, it's not our holiness. It's the holiness of a holy God living inside of us. It's the holiness of God as we yield to Him, as we submit our lives to Him. A healthy man can't give another person health by touching him, but a sick man can surely give sickness. You get around sin and you hang around it and you enjoy being around it and pretty soon you'll find that that corruption has invaded your life and your thoughts and your plans. But just because you're around church doesn't mean you're holy and you're healthy and you're clean. No, that requires a work of the great physician, a deep work of God in all of our hearts. What does God want? He wants us to see ourselves as we are, unclean in His sight. Then, He doesn't want to stop there. Aren't you glad God doesn't leave you in despair? He doesn't simply bring you to the end of yourself. He brings you to Himself. God not only wants you to see yourself as He sees you, He wants you to see Him as He is. As surely as I am unclean, He is holy. He's not only the Holy One, He is the one who wants to make us holy. Listen to the rest of the message. Haggai chapter 2 verse 15, And now I pray you consider from this day and upward from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days were, when one came to a heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the press fat for to draw out fifty vessels out of the press, there were but twenty. I smote you with blasting and with mildew and with hail and all the labors of your hands. Yet you turn not to me, saith the Lord. Consider now from this day and upward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Now listen to verse 19. Is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, is yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree hath not brought forth from this day will I bless thee. He said, I'm not only the God who brings judgment, I'm the God who brings blessing. I'm not only the God who holds back good things to try to get your attention. I'm also the God that if you'll turn to me, if you'll consider me, I will bless you again. Aren't you glad that the God who blessed before will bless again? That He doesn't leave them with judgment, He leads them to mercy. Uh, that He doesn't stop with where they are, He brings them to where He wants them to be. Uh, how do the people respond? Well, back in chapter 1 when Haggai preached the first message, they responded well. As a matter of fact, if you take verses 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, you're going to find that the people listened, they obeyed, they feared God, and they got stirred up about the work of the Lord again. That's good, very good. So I want to ask you today, how will you respond? You see, if you want God to work, you must be willing to work on your own heart. If you want the Lord to bless again, you must be willing to deal with anything that holds back the blessing. J. Edwin Orr was a man mightily used of God. He, he saw many revivals, but especially a, a real spiritual awakening in New Zealand. Easter Sunday, 1936. He was 24 years of age. As a matter of fact, God blessed in such an amazing way that they had to have midnight services. And one of the keys to that revival meeting was a public confession of sin. 
people getting right with God and right with one another, and real reconciliation among believers. J. Edwin Orr's primary message during that series of meetings came from Psalm 139. The first verse of Psalm 139 says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. When you come to the end of it, Psalm 139.23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, the God who has searched us is searching us now, present tense. Four girls came to see J. Edwin Orr just before he left from that place in New Zealand. They sang him a farewell song that they, that they had made up based on Psalm 139, and it so impressed him that he scribbled the words on the back of a little post office envelope. It became the famous hymn, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. I wonder if you'll allow the Lord to search you today. If you'll consider your ways and say, Lord, by the grace of God, I don't want to just be outwardly religious. I want to be holy in the inner man where you work and where you know. If you have been helped by the teaching of God's Word today, we would love to hear from you and hope you will share enjoying the journey with others. Communicate with us online and find further resources at scottpauley.org. May God do His mighty work in you today. Thank you.